When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. FM 104's Select Irish with Louise Ty. Select Irish on F104 and Thumper are keeping incredibly busy with their summer tour. Oshin now joins me. Hello, how are you? Hey, how's it going? So I saw you guys on the Body and Soul stage last week and it looked like unbelievable fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was, um, I was just saying there before we went on, it was uh, a very small stage. But, uh, <laughs> it was intimate and sweaty. He reminded me of our early days. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, there was uh, a lot of spit and sweat Lovely. and lasting thrown around. <laughs> That's kind of what we all missed over the last couple of years, I think, was like, you know, other like strangers just sweating on you and, and you know, all that fun stuff. Big time, yeah. I think the the line between where the band and the audience existed at that gig was definitely blurred. <laughs> uh, into, uh, so, yeah, it was great. Oh, I love that. And then also then on the next day you're in C-Session. So you really are kind of just keeping moving, aren't you? Yeah, well, that, it was funny. I, I came back after the, about two weeks there. I didn't realize I was going on tour until I was in the middle of it. Oh, goodness. Like, because I, I just, the calendar started getting busier and busier. Yeah. And then I just got in the van and we had those shows, Kasabian and mm-hmm. festivals in France. And before I knew, I was like gigging and every single day for about a week and a half. And C Sessions was the final one. So we were basically wheelchaired onto the stage. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like a bucket of water just sloshed across it. <laughs> they, but, just, uh, they just propped you up and was like, okay, now, now go. <laughs> yeah, well, something happens when, when they blow the starting whistle and <laughs> some sort of ghost uh, comes out of us and we make it happen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it was good crack. Both those festivals back to back. Big fan of both of them. So then you also mentioned you've been supporting Kasabian. What has that been like? Really fun. Um, we don't often get support slots people might notice that they don't see us doing that very often mm. <clears throat> because like the actual physical size of our band the two drummers and everything it's just um, most people are I think a little bit intimidated by that <laughs> and also just don't want the headache of uh, carting around all of these men uh, mm. with their entourage but no they gave us a, they gave us a punt and let us do it and um, it was fun I, I didn't know how their audience would take us mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of crossover there and we really enjoyed it, yeah. How do you prepare for a gig like that? Or is it different to, say, a headline gig you guys would do? It's totally different, yeah. Mm. It's, like, when you're playing a headline show, it's, it, they're, your, they're your people, you know. Yeah. You can you turn up, you know they're expecting songs, you know um, what cuts might, um, they might be really into. Um, and the support slots are more like festival slots, you know. You're playing to people who don't necessarily know who you are, don't necessarily even want to see you. Mm. And it's your job to convince them that you're worth the half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, so you, you wouldn't really be changing, you know, I'm not going to bend what we sound like or how we perform or anything, but it's there's just a slight change in, um, I don't know, your mindset going into it, you know. You mm-hmm. have to earn people's uh, attention rather than 
um, expect it. Yeah. You also released the debut album, Delusions of Grandeur. What's it like to have that out in the wild? Yeah, it was amazing. That that, that record like was sort of a form of therapy over COVID. We just kept recording it and recording it and recording it <laughs> until our manager just kind of took our hands off the desk and said, you have to stop this now and just release it. <laughs> um, Sometimes you need those people in your life. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So um, it was kind of surreal at the beginning to have those songs out in the world. But mm. yeah, I'm really enjoying now doing shows where people know all the words. And <clears throat> it was also like a really nice treat to be nominated for the Choice Award and yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, I was about to um, ask you about that. Yeah. yeah. That must be a nice little pat on the back when... When, the, when so much work and even more so went into it when, when you were trying to put it together yeah well you're make, when you're making it you just don't you, almost as a level of self-preservation you, you have to not really think too much about what other people are going to think of it True. you just sort of have to make the, the album that you want to make and, and trust your gut on all of your um, decisions sort of creative or otherwise and through that time I really didn't know whether we'd ever even play a gig again it was so um, it was such an oppressive time you know mm-hmm. so to kind of bring it out and a year later be playing it in Vicker Street alongside you know some other amazing artists female obviously won the Fontaine and stuff yeah. it was just um, yeah it was nice it felt like the final kind of okay yeah I'm proud of this piece of work and we can move on from it now. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep moving. One more question on it though, the artwork of it was unreal. Yeah, it's uh, this artist, Catherine Wang, he's, a, he's based in Germany and um, he's, his whole shtick is that he kind of creates pieces that, um, you know, are rooted in photography but are heavily doctored and post and you sort of don't know where reality ends and, um, the sort of digital side begins mm-hmm. uh, and yeah he was he was gracious enough to let us use um, that piece which is actually a steal from a short film that he did um, so yeah I'm really really um, grateful to him for letting us use that and then I'll see we, we've ch- chatted about already a bit performing outside the country and then coming back and performing in Ireland what, what are the differences from performing here to there I suppose well, there is a, min- a million other <laughs> places in and of itself, and uh, every country, every city almost you play in is a, is a different vibe. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely one thing coming back home and playing, you know, there's it, just a different feeling, but honestly, everywhere in the world kind of treats you in a different way. You know, like some places will go absolutely ballistic and then uh, you'll never hear from them again or like I remember playing this one place in, in Brussels and like we sold out this venue and uh, went out we were like oh it's going to be a crazy show <laughs> it was just a, a room jammed full of people sort of just standing completely motionless and emotionless oh wow watching us with their arms folded and then at the end they bought like nearly a grand worth of merch and they were like yes you're my favourite band in the whole world you know, like real matter of fact, I was like lacking emotion had, a little bit. Well, it was just like if you had half the enthusiasm for uh, buying merch as you did for, <laughs> <laughs> for, for gig, but listen, I absolutely wasn't complaining. It, it, 
But you know, it's like just people just show their enthusiasm in, in different yeah. ways, and uh, in some ways, having a crowd of listeners as opposed to just people who want to go ballistic is a nice change of pace. So it, it literally is. It's like every two to, every two people are different, you know. Absolutely. What has been one of your favorite gigs? Um, favorite gigs. We did a lot of shows last year. Uh, Reading and They're Leeds. They were, they were great. Um, a lot of the smaller ones. There's so many small festivals across like Germany and the Netherlands that we did. There's one called Haldern Pop. Um, and there's just a lot of bands in the lineup that I was a big fan of and felt nice to sort of rub shoulders with them. And mm-hmm. um, our gig was inside this sort of big tent and the weather was like I think so it was so hot inside that like our some of our pedals started like overheating and exploding oh, wow. and stuff and there's photographs from it and just we're I'm, it, I've never played a sweatier gig in my life um, and months later we someone came to see us do a headline show and they, they said they were at that gig with a digital thermometer and it was uh, 45 degrees oh inside. my goodness um, so I don't know whether I'd say that was my favourite gig but it definitely felt like you just pulled me on a different planet for you're basically uh, melting <clears throat> yeah I don't think I've ever been the same to be honest <laughs> and then the most recent single that you guys have put out is Unwritten and was it important then for you guys to lean into that digital side as well yeah so we released that as like a digital pressing through Serenade um, and yeah, it's it's uh, that song in a lot of ways is an, is a complete outlier, obviously because it's a, it's a cover of a Natasha Bedingfield song, first mm-hmm. of all, um, and so all the rules are sort of out the window. It's not on a new record. It's not, you know, people have been asking us to release it because we used to play it live a lot. Um, so yeah, we just thought we'd try something new with it, and yeah, the digital pressing has like demos and live bits, alternative artwork, and all that sort of stuff so um, I guess it's just for people who are really interested it's sort of a Mm. yeah they can they can dig into all of the extra goodies see that's the part I would love I I love all those backstage bits that you don't get anywhere else I'd be yeah me too especially (laughs) as a teenager I'd be reading liner notes of these these days record I suppose and uh, yeah that's definitely my vibe so you're going to be playing another love story in Meath on the 18th of August. What else have you got planned? Uh, we're all over. We're doing festivals across Europe all summer. Mad Cool in Madrid and uh, France next week. And uh, yeah, I don't have my calendar in front of me, Stay but we'll busy, be a well, well-oiled machine <laughs> by the time we get to Meath. I promise you that. Amazing. What's the best place people can keep up to date with all your music and everything you're up to? Um, yeah, we're on all social media. Normally, it's Hello Pumper or Pumper Six 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 or some iteration of that. Fab. Yeah. Well, Shane from Pumper, thank you so much for chatting to me. Nice one. Thanks, Mel.